As an undergraduate years and years ago, I remember uh, reading about the Great Awakening in my American history class. And the professor definitely did want to create the impression as we read Jonathan Edwards' sermon, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God, to leave the impression that the Great Awakening was really nothing but fire and brimstone preachers emotionally manipulating people to believe in the gospel. Well, here's Jonathan Edwards. Does this man look like he's capable of emotional manipulation or even emotion? You better believe that he did not preach that sermon emotionally. He preached it as just plain truth. And if you want to find out what really happened during the Great Awakening, all you have to do is read Jonathan Edwards' book, A Faithful Narrative of the Surprising Work of God. What happened to create the Great Awakening in America, which was surprising because of its depth and scope, went way beyond. It was was like what happened in Scotland, a whole nation just consumed with the presence of God for years, several years. Um, But there had already been awakenings because the people who moved into New England and the northern part of the colonies, they definitely believed in spiritual awakening and prayed for it. So the first thing you, you read in Jonathan Edwards' book is that pastors in Northampton had already been praying for great awakenings, and experiencing them. So these were local awakenings that were the result of prayer. So the the job of the church was to pray that God would come and visit the people in the community, and then they would experience his power and his presence. And that had already been happening in Northampton, Massachusetts. But now, um, what... uh, is going to happen in Jonathan Edwards' experience is a little bit different, um, and he describes it. There's a young girl, probably a teenager. He described her as the greatest company keeper in the town. Now, what that means, I'm not too sure. But you sense from the way that um, he uses the word, it's not a flattering word. In other words, he's saying, this young girl is the least likely person in town to have an encounter with God. So God has gone up to her and introduced himself directly to her, and she's had an experience of him. And then she's going to go around and describe that experience to her friends, her teenage friends, and they're going to have an experience of him as well. So he's directly introducing himself to teenagers in Northampton. And then he's going to go into the homes and he's going to introduce himself to their parents. He's going to reconcile husbands with wives, wives with husbands. And there's going to be a new um, attitude within households and families. So all of this is going on and none of it is starting in the church, except that the church is where the prayer was that caused all of this awakening. Okay, so then he describes 
what the awakenings were like. In other words, when people were encountered by God, what happened? And he describes two stages. First, he says there's a legal awakening, and then there's a grace awakening. The legal awakening is where people suddenly are confronted by a holy God, a God who has certain standards of righteousness, and they suddenly are, are aware that they have broken those standards. So it's a conviction of sin that starts. And so, so many of the, of the experiences that people are going to have are of grief and of um, the sense of being not right with God. And this is going to really not be a good experience for them. They're going to weep and they're going to wail and they're going to be confronted with a, a lot of emotion, but it's not coming from the preacher. It's coming from a direct encounter with God. Then that is going to be quickly replaced by a grace awakening that comes in and, and brings the assurance of forgiveness, absolute assurance of the forgiveness, the mercy, and the grace of God through what Jesus did on the cross. And these two together are going to constitute the awakening experience for almost everybody in, in the Great Awakening and in the Second Great Awakening and so on. In other words, these two experiences together are going to be normal for most people in these, in these awakenings. So this is going to spread. It spreads like with a, with a, uh, a power that is not connected with preaching or with church ministry. It's going to go to other communities. It's going to awaken whole communities like this. It's going to spread from church to church. Yes, but it's not only in the church. It's, it's, it's going everywhere. It's, it's consuming the northeast corridor of our country, the way we think of it now. This, this group right up, up here in this area. And so the New England states are, are consumed with this kind of experience, uh, legal awakening followed by a grace awakening. And then it's going to spread south. As the years pass, um, there are going to be preachers who are going to go south, and they're going to pray as, as they move south because that's what they believe in. They're going to pray and they're going to preach the principles of by my spirit Christianity. One of those guys is going to be Samuel Davies. He's going to go down into the Richmond area, and um, until he arrives, there's, there's no uh, uh, permission given to anyone who's not old-line Anglican to preach. So he's the first one that Governor William Gooch in uh, Virginia is going to, to give, who's who's a dissenter, that is, he's not a part of old-line Anglicans. And the gospel he preaches is going to be a very different gospel uh, than what the, the Anglicans are used to hearing. It's going to be a by-my-spirit gospel. It's going to include um, the, the freedom that's in the Holy Spirit. Where the Spirit is, there is liberty. And so there's the, 
as as some of these old Virginians are going to are hear hear this gospel, they're going to get some pretty radical ideas. And then also in the north in New Jersey, you have William Tennant, and uh, William Tennant is going to start um, the Log College because so many people are coming to Christ that they're going to they're going to start whole presbyteries just with the people that uh, the Tennant family themselves are bringing to Christ. And so how do you train uh, people to minister to all of these uh, new uh, Christians? So they create the Log College, which eventually becomes Princeton Seminary. And uh, William Tennant uh, becomes the president of that. And his two sons, William and Gilbert Tennant, are out there... Uh, bringing people to Christ by the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. Um, so then um, here is this new gospel, and pretty soon you've got uh, rumors of war and uh, ideas of independence from the king of England. Okay, so here's um, uh, the Declaration of Independence. You know, the only pastor that signed the Declaration of Independence was uh, John Witherspoon, who was at that time the president of Princeton Seminary, and representing this, this whole new uh, way of thinking about you follow Jesus, it frees you from every other human uh, opinion, including the King of England. Well, this idea is not... Um, it, this is new. This is radical in the South. You, you get this? Because they're, what they're used to hearing is none of us can really evaluate the truth for ourselves. We just have to get it from the king. And so being obedient to the king is your duty as a Christian. Do you see how these two messages are in conflict? So the, the message from the North has to move to the South in order for people to, to begin to consider the American Revolution. You see how um, important the by my spirit understanding of the gospel was was so necessary and important in um, bringing us to uh, independence as a nation. All right, so uh, then at the same time, there's going to be an English Great Awakening and a Scottish Great Awakening. Okay, so on January 1 at 3 a.m. in uh, 1739, here's his presence, the presence of the king is going to show up among those Moravians that we've already talked about in uh, Fetter Lane in London. And here are these Anglican clergymen who are suddenly um, taken up with the, the, the by my spirit gospel, and they're going to be caught up in uh, uh, the great awakening in England. Um, one of these, George Whitfield, is going to be the great evangelist. And then uh, John Wesley, his, he will also be an evangelist, but his heart is to disciple the people that are coming to Christ, and he's going to create Methodist societies, where the whole idea is, how do you then live once you've been touched by this God who is really there, 
and you've been, you've experienced his holiness, you've experienced his grace and mercy, now what should you do about it? So that's what uh, Wesley, he really devoted himself to making sure that people were learning how to obey what Christ had commanded.